Hello and welcome to the Carbotrage Podcast, episode 124. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky and Jana. Hello. I'm Ryan, that's Jana. Yeah. No, I, I'm Ryan. How do you spell it? R-I-A-N. Is that P. the... P. Isn't that Rihanna? Oh, yeah, sorry. With a P. Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> anyway, hi guys, welcome back. Uh, we are still in the extremely warm studio, however, we have no icy cold beer, so that's good. But no, still Two no 20 pound bags of ice, though. Yes. So that that's pretty good. Um, the, uh, stream computer <gasps> is still fully dead. Jan is looking up cushions for our new but very uncomfortable stools. I am writing a Windows 10 install medium to my backup hard drive on a new partition so I can fix the streaming computer after this episode. And I'm researching a topic for the end of the episode. Sounds good. Uh, before we get into regular topics, head on over to patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. It is a means for content consumers like you to support content producers like us. What the fuck? Uh, if you don't want to do it, go ahead and don't do it. Um, but if you do want to do it, we would greatly appreciate it. So... Episode 124. Can't help but at least give a nod to the Fiat 124. Yay! It's the same number. Okay. Uh, now on to actual God news. damn it. Now the mouse froze. Ah. So you guys know that super giant whale bloated Audi marketed Q7 electric type of deal? Yes. I oh, think speaking of 124s. Hey. I heard a, uh, an air brake off a semi, I think. Your bluff elf? My, my bob. Your bov. I put a Bove adapter on the uh, the diverter this morning, so now it uh, vents all the excess boost pressure to atmosphere. I'm not sure if I dig how it sounds, but I think I'll get used to it. Anyway, okay, so Audi e-tron. Yeah. Bad vehicle, right? Sucks. Way it's too Audi. heavy. It's Audi. Way underpowered. It's, it's an, an Audi. Audi. So it just earned <laughs> a top safety pick, but the article I read actually was worded very cleverly because it says it's beating the Model S and the Bolt. <laughs> but the Model S, bless you, Model S and the Bolt are not as highly rated safety-wise as a Model 3. And this is like a three-ton SUV, and it still can't get the same safety rating as a teeny tiny little steel Tesla. Bless, bless you again. Oh, my God. I'm just out of control. I should probably shut that microphone off because that's like your sneeze mic. Um, that's my sneeze but anyway, mic. I mean, great that a modern brand-new vehicle is getting good results in a crash test, but like... Dude, you're comparing this to an eight-year-old car and a tiny little Chevy. Like, are, uh, what are you bragging about this, really? Like, the only reason the Audi e-tron is even on our radar is because they have a marketing budget for it. We don't have a marketing budget that we've seen much for, at least on Tesla. It seems like it's all word of mouth. And the e-tron, every time we hear about it, it's like, okay, well, that's cool. Let's do some research on this. And we find out that, oh... It's all steel. Oh, it's really heavy. Oh, it, man, the motors are really underpowered. Oh, they had to put 90 kilowatt hours into this thing to get 200 the, miles. Everything you hear about the e-tron is okay and? Right. I'm like, yeah. what else? Is that, is that all you got? Like, why, why am I being told about this? So, yeah, I, I don't so know. I, I, I challenge you with that question. Okay. Why are we talking about the e-tron? Because, you know me, I like to talk about EVs. And honestly, it's been a really slow news week as far as like actual manufacturer we, topics. I mean, yeah, obviously there's car like week. car week, I know. Yeah. And like there's a lot of cool stuff we could talk about there with auctions and things going up for a big money and all that. But I just, I don't want to talk about it because I'm not there. Yeah, it, I've been very angry and depressed because I decided not to go this year. Yep. And it makes me angry. 
I, uh, I never bothered to research when it was, so I missed it, and then I'm not there. So it, that's all. It's the exact same time as last year, but I'm yeah, just, I just don't. I'm, I don't. Look I'm at very, that stuff. very frustrated just because I, I everything, everything I want to see is there. Like JAI is happening right now. Is that pronounced hi? Hi. Uh, yeah. Hi, am I? Hi, lie. Yeah. Uh, no, but it's uh, no Japanese on my Invitational. Ah. Uh, and of course what is that? that that's that Japanese show. It happens. Is that a race? No, it's a car show. Oh. It happens right next to. Concours. Nice. Yeah. So it's like a mini Concours for Japanese cars because Concours segregates like that. Of course they do because it's run by old, uh, Very old stuffy white people. The, the leftovers of genera- of the greatest generation. Yeah. Yes. With lots of money. <laughs> so, but anyway. Oh, yeah, greatest generation. You're just rolling J- in that pension money. At uh, oh, JAI. Yeah. At JAI nice. right now, they have all of my favorite Japanese cars that weren't there last year. Oh. Ah. That's pretty great. Uh, they've got a Hino Contessa. They have a Skyline Sports by Michael Adi. They have just everything. I'm very frustrated. I've seen Appeal Trident and all sorts of weird stuff. That's yeah, but we're not it. there. I know. So we're not going to talk about it. Okay. I was, my next question is going to be, why are we talking about it then? Because uh, I don't want to. Okay, perfect. Uh, well, I would, do, do you want to talk to me about like old James Bond movies? Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's just do that. Speaking instead. of such. Okay, cool. <laughs> the Goldfinger car sold. I'm not happy. I don't it. even remember. Okay, so I've seen Goldfinger, but it's been a long time. The there was DB5. a car in that? The DB5. Oh, okay, okay. You know, the the, the gold, the 007 car. The, the DB5. DB5? Yeah. The, you could have just said the same movie that the 355 was in. The car that would have been fine. The car that suspiciously kept up with your car. Right. In any sort of See, scenario. See, when I was a kid, I'm like, this is great. That makes good noises, but I still want the Ferrari more. But yeah, now I'm just like, um, no, that is a hundred percent not how that would play out. Yeah, DB fives are when not we were fast. It, we, we Even when they out. were new, they were slow. Right, like, they've always been. But they sound so good. And they're anyway, so pretty. So the one that sold as actual was one of the actual cars, like the guns and everything. On nice. It. Ooh, fun. Yeah, it was really really cool. Gold finger. Uh, it sold. For more than any other movie cars ever sold for, what I can't. For? I, I uh, did let me not... guess. Let me guess. Was it well? Can well, I? Okay, let me play twenty questions. Is it over a million dollars? Yes. Is it over ten million? No. Is it over so it's five? Between a million yes. And ten. Six it seven. Million? Slightly less. Six. More. Six. Six point five. Just shy of that. Six four. You're pretty close. Six point three eight. That million. is a lot of millions of dollars. Yeah. What auction did for, they sell it? Th- it sold it at Sotheby's. Oh, nice. Oh, um, oh okay. But right. so, but this is the thing: is that it's over six point uh, three eight million dollars. I think I haven't done the research, but I'm just going to go out on a limb and say this as just a blanket statement. That's the most any movie car has ever sold for. I'm pretty sure. Ooh, I don't know. Original Batmobiles are big money. Not anywhere near that. Really? They're. I've yet to see a Batmobile go. Deep into the million. Okay. No, they're they're close to a million for one of the original ones. Okay. Well, they're horrible cars. So yeah, yeah. but this one six point three Good million. Good car. Yeah. Hmm. Like for the classiest car ever. Um, you get so desensitized walking through auctions really like that. Like, oh yeah, I was I was touching that car last week. That's worth ten million dollars. Whoops. Two hundred thousand dollars. That's affordable. Right. <laughs> like you, you go home and you're like, I could totally swing that two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I could. I could live in a shack. 
And I could I could afford this. Go to a dealership and the most expensive thing in the lot's like seventy grand. Like oh yeah. Like, oh I see. It, you go in for financing and it's like so your interest rate for getting this nine thousand dollar car is gonna be and you're like zero uh, percent. Okay. <laughs> oh oh that's much better than my two hundred thousand dollar nineteen sixties Aston Martin. All right. Well, all right. It's unattainable, but I like DB5s. They sound really good, and they're very pretty. I'm very uh, happy that it doesn't go to a weenie. Who bought it? I don't know. Somebody that's got not weenie money. Who? Okay, define weenie. Well, maybe I shouldn't ask you to do that on the podcast. Never mind. I, I retract my previous question. So I want to uh, talk. Uh, I'll say it real quick. Okay. A weenie is the sort of douche that has got a car collection of just meh Porsches. Okay. And he's got, like, one really nice car, and it's, like, a mid-trim level Ferrari 308. That's a weenie. Oh. But they're better than you because they love German sports cars. And the Italians are great. And they just love the elegance of an Italian car. That's a weenie. Whereas, like, once you have – most people that are dropping that kind of scratch on a car, they're either, like – fuck you, look how awesome I am, and they're not a weenie, they're just, like, arrogant and have enough money to, like... They, they, they've got fuck you money, and they can use it. Okay. Yeah. He's used all of her... Yeah, yeah, Ryan does that. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, they, they've got a few money, and they can... And, they've, uh, and they're not afraid to show it, hmm. which I'm fine with. That I'm okay with. Sounds like my cat as a person. Or they're, <laughs> they're, they have so much money Very that they yes. can afford to take a GT40 and take it out road racing. I would love a Superformance GT40. So, like, things like that. Like, those people, I, I, I like that. I'd rather have it go to somebody like that. And this is clearly somebody that's got FU money to buy 007's actual car. I mean, that's good, I guess. I, I would prefer it go to that description of that kind of person than your description of a weenie. Yeah, that that's, like, significantly better. So I guess now that you've completely filled me in on the background of both of those uh, groups, yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Those are definitely better. And speaking of better, I want to talk about wagons. Ooh. Wagons are inherently better. There's a wagon DB5. Oh, I was or, thinking oh, of a, a, shooting a, a new carbitrage question. Okay. You ask them what the best kind of wagon is, and they'll give you all the answers, but the real answer is a manual wagon. Oh, the real answer is yes. Or yes. Yeah. Because even, yeah, just a wagon, even if it's automatic, it's inherently better than a not auto, a not wagon version of your other automatic car. Yeah, like, it would be really tough if you had, like, all else created equal, like, a manual version of a sedan and an auto version of a wagon. Like, oh, man. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, am I allowed to manual swap it? If so, then I'm taking the, the wagon. The Buick Regal. Don't bring that up. It's going to be in my next thing here. We're talking oh, I'm about. sorry. That's fine. Well, actually, screw <laughs> it. You brought it up. Let's talk about it. So that thing, that cross tour X thing. Or Tour X, I think they call it Tour X. Beautiful, right? That's got to be one of the best-looking cars on sale today, especially if you the take Buick the cladding off. Wagon? Yeah, the new one. Yeah, it's automatic, though. I know. It's a Buick. And, and and you could get the sedan Buick thingy as a stick. Hmm. The Regal Turbo or whatever, the GS, you could get that as a six-speed. And the Tour X is auto-only, so, like, maybe you could make them play nice together and put the turbo drivetrain in there. But that car is beautiful. I was stuck in traffic behind one of those yesterday, and I was totally happy. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to have to look it up. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the those, I've X. seen none. Really? 
I've seen a fair number, and like, man, they, you can see them so far away. <laughs> like, you don't, you can like shape identify because they're so low, and they're so long. But I, I saw one of those on the internet a couple oh, of weeks ago my. that was decladded, and apparently it's all just stick on, like it is on the uh, the all road, not the, oh, the all road, the cross track. Um, no, the Audi one that they're discontinuing the stick on. All, the all track. All track. Yeah. yeah. So it's all just like you can take it off if you're careful, and they look. So Super nice with the cladding deleted. So that car, I would still recommend somebody buy that even with the auto. But, I mean, yeah, take the cladding off and try to manual swap it. Uh, But anyway, on the vein of wagons, I want to talk about um, a couple things. So, like, would we find them less cool or special if they were actually popular here? So, like, say CUV sales were wagon sales. Well, Would we think less of wagons? No. No. I don't think so either. No, my, my, my reasoning for that was, my logic is, 15 years ago, minivans were all the rage. Oh, and they should still be. And I, when I was a kid, I loved vans. I still do love vans and I always will love vans. Yeah, because they're great. practical and excellent. They're practical and excellent and really cool. And you can stand <laughs> up in it and it's got a V8 in it. Why would you not want a van? But um, when, What van is a V8? Chevy G20. Oh, okay. Express van. Uh, yeah, okay. The Conline. Oh, yeah, the van motor. Right, 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 right. Do- Dodge, B- Dodge B-Series. Fine. Full-size vans. Full-size vans. For some or, reason, I was just thinking minivans. Yes, but minivans were also cool, too. And minivans are also still awesome. And, like, they've gotten better. Because they're economical. They're economical, and they're fast, too, sometimes. Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah. Like nowadays, they're like almost always fast because you have to use the fast engine. You use the corporate V six, which yeah. is really powerful, which these is designed days. for a vehicle <laughs> significantly heavier. So yeah, actually, well, no, the corporate V six is designed for a big, gross crossover. Yeah, that weighs like or an SUV. Yeah, that weighs like that. two and a half tons, and you put it in a three thousand pound van, then you're suddenly flying. Right. Well, uh, I don't know if three thousand. I think most vans are thirty six to thirty eight hundred pounds these days. Mine's three thousand. I don't know. They're pretty heavy. Go look mine up. All right. Well, it's my topic. I'll look after this. <laughs> um, okay. So I, I'm in full agreement. If they were popular, it would be nothing but good. I would still love them just as much. I'd maybe be less precious with my wagons just because they would be yes. a little yeah. bit more replaceable. They, they, would, they would be less precious. That's true. But I'm fine with that because I would love to just daily drive one of those things. And yeah. I should be able to like the rest of the world does with well, you, their M Sport 320D six-speed wagons. You, you loved... Um, you you loved sedans forever. I still they, do. Sedans and, are great. Yeah, and they used to be the. No. They oh. used to be the sedans used to be ubiquitous in America. Now they're not. But I mean, like, that's just a good example. Sorry, I'm being mimed to needing a lightning cord. So. I'll wait. <sighs> yep. Just. But just wait. Wagons are fun. I like them. Do, 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 no matter do. what. Uh, right, there we go. <laughs> okay. Scott has been sorted with a lightning cable. Uh, there's an nice. iMac downstairs. There's a battery bank on the... He'll just use my laptop. Okay. All right. I have ports over here, too, that are plugged in. Anyway, so... Uh, but you, you like sedans. You I do. Like... I still like them. Yeah. And, and they were ubiquitous. The the How common they are... <laughs> no, Ford, Ford made that not anymore. Well, no. Now Ford does... Now, now they're not common. Ford but you, killed all sedans. But you like the sedan body shape. So, Jana, well, you said something that wagons are... They're special. Like, I mean, even... Well, define special. Well, they hold a special place oh. in my heart. 
So just they're like, like, Hello Kitty. Yeah. And like, they're just, they, I don't know, because everybody wants an SUV or a crossover nowadays, but mm -hmm. you can do all that with a wagon. I know. The long boys are so good. And just like, they, what, whatever their body lines are, they just hit you in places and you're just like, ah, that's what I want to see more Wagons of. Wagons hit me in a certain place. Yeah. I mean. Very good. Yeah. Burger justice to his penis? I did. Anyway, so. But, yeah. And, <laughs> oh. like, even if I saw them around all the time, it would just make me happier. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not a bad thing if there's more wagons. And, again, going back to the precious It'd thing. It'd still be special. It's because most of them are so rare. Yeah. And so, it, it really, that just makes them better. But, at the same time, I mean, everybody fell in love with Subaru in the 90s because they made wagons. Right, but those they sold a bunch of. Yeah. yeah. And they like a lot of them were in the same spec and things like that. But if you think to the 90s, like the late 90s, we had the IS300 Sport Cross, we had the X-Type wagon, we had yep. the first-gen Mazda 6 wagon. That's, this is early 2000s, actually, but well, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right, fine. But yeah. they were being designed in the late 90s and introduced They were then. designed for a world and of like, the And the 90s. E46 wagon, that was the first 3-series wagon we ever got here. The, the Camry so, like, wagon. Well, that was the early 90s. That didn't come around for the first time that's in true. the early 2000s, that's and that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, there were a bunch of, like, really lustworthy cars yeah. that were, like, variants of the sedan that were better. But, yeah. like, they they sold so few. Um, the Audi S4 Avant actually had a better drag coefficient than the Audi S4 sedan. We didn't get the S4 Avant here, though. I know, but... Oh, okay. Actually, no, we did get it... We yes. did in the B6, not the B5. In B6. But it is the B6 where it was actually... Oh, okay. The drag coefficient... Was the timing chains better? No. Okay. Um, but the, when when you were... <laughs> had to. No, that, that's the one you'd want, is you want the wagon because it's got a better drag coefficient. So when the timing chains do break, you're more likely to be able to coast into your driveway. Well, and the timing chains are going to last longer because <laughs> there'll be slightly less stress on them from going down the highway. It's better. It's yeah, more reliable. It's way better. So. But, um, yeah, no, so th they actually were like, I think... Um, <laughs> It, when you undid them, like undid the speed governor, like I think yeah. the Avant turned out to be like four or five miles per hour faster, because wow. the way that it designed the spoiler on it, it would actually direct air out of that weird vortex that they make behind them. So it Neat. actually, yeah, so it actually break up that vortex. So, yeah, wagons, B six wagons still look really good. My outgoing director of IT had like the most clapped out O two B six one point eight T Avant. But it was a five-speed 1.8T car, and, like, that's a good car. Like, the 1.8T is one of the best VAG engines ever. That five-speed transaxle is bomb-proof. Yeah. But, like, the rest of the car was just rusting away around. And the I'm sure all the electronics are finicky because all the plastic sheathing is cracked off. Mm-hmm. It has yeah. clusters sort of picks when and what it wants to do. Yeah, and then, like, it, probably a child at some point in history spilled some of their pop on the floor, and now it's just corroded the entire wire, probably. wiring harness. But yeah. it still starts for them every day, so yeah. it's fine. It sounds like, it sounds like that. Anyway, wag me... wagons are really good. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know why that's You, more you named a lot of really awesome wagons from Even that like exact era. TSX, too. Oh. But I'm just going to name a few other really great wagons that okay. need to be mentioned that were available in America. Okay. The MX-73 crusted a wagon that had dual rear wipers. That was sold here? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Ben, uh, ben, ben Shue has one. So, um, okay. that was sold in America. Uh, the Camry wagon, you could get... Two, yeah, the two actually, generations I'm thinking of. 
the Camry wagon, the V20, yep. that early 90s one, yep. was not sold in Japan. That was made for the American market. I believe that. Yeah. And then the Japanese really wanted it, so wrong. the next generation, they wanted it. Um, of course, the W123 wagon. Lovely. And 124. Yes. Yeah, so the 123 wagon is like the ultimate diesel wagon. The BMW E34 Touring? Yes. That's a beautiful... I saw one the other day. And if you it, see one of those, that's clean. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's yeah. A, it's a great car. And it's cavernous. Holy oh my god, God, they're amazing. those things are huge. They're, they're great. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I'm not going to leave the Americans out because Americans, like during this era, like the 80s and the, the 90s, they, they made some terrible cars, but they also made the B-bodies. So you could have the Buick Roadmaster, yep. which is a Corvette with wood paneling, which is great. That is totally not accurate. It's an LT1. Okay. It isn't. It was an LT1. Nope. Is, is, it had an iron block. Yeah, it had different heads and stuff. It was not a Corvette engine. It, you it, was, an, it, it was an Impala SS engine. It was yeah, not a, it was okay, not a Corvette okay. Engine. But I mean, so you can you can run. Yeah, it was a three fifty Chevy. Yeah, yeah, and was... you could run the Corvette ECU though, and get a power bump. You could a C four, an automatic C four ECU. You could. You have to put all the from. stuff on there. All the injections different because Corvettes were not TBI. Okay. Well, anyway, so um, that is true. But anyway, you. Um, you could you could do you could do just with bolt-ons Corvette stuff. With oh it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, it, it all fits. Yes, and then you that also had the Oldsmobile Mega Cruiser, which was the Oldsmobile version, which looks way custom way, cruiser. Yeah, I like Mega Cruiser more no, though. I think oh, we should go the, with that. It was, I think it was actually called the Omega Cruiser or something. It was something we like that. Literally just it's a, cu- a custom cruiser. Okay. I don't remember the badge. Well, I don't watch Doug DeMiro, so I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, I. It's covered some good stuff lately. YouTube the other day, it uh, it showed me like the last DeMiro video I clicked on, and then it showed me the new ones. And the last one I clicked on was one year ago at the bottom. I'm like, good. I've been avoiding him for a full year. Yeah, I'm me too. I did want to watch the FJ Cruiser one just to see if he was inflating my value. He's done some good ones lately. Yeah. But um, so yeah, the the Oldsmobile version was great. The Chevy but Caprice I'm, with the wood paneling. Yep, the Chevy oh, Caprice was yeah. great. Toilet bowl. The Ford Country Squires were great. Um, yeah, but the Caprice had third row rear facing seats. So did the Country Squire. Did it? Yep, they both did. They were completely Fine. comparable. So did the W124 and W210 wagons. And then I'm going to get weird for a minute, and I'm going to say. And 211, and all subsequent. The Chevy Celebrity Eurosport. Wagon. I okay. I can get with in in that. 1983. That was wild. Oh, I'd go that with a later one so you could get the 3.1. But yeah, it was, I think it was like 85. But I mean, like, so that, that 28 V6 with in a wagon with a manual transmission option the and bodywork. So trash though. But I mean, but in you have to in the era that was a really 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 cool. That car. engine made the same power in 1983 as it did in 2002 when the tracker saw it out. Yeah. Like yeah, it made like 160 horsepower. That's uh, pretty good for that time. Because you also have to understand, 1980. Oh, yeah. Every time I watch a motor rig from pre-1987, the best V6 is 164 horsepower. Uh, 160 horsepower is about what you could get out of a Dodge that V8 was, That was a four-cam Isuzu V6 making 3.2 liters of displacement. Oh, my God. <laughs> 164 horsepower. That's rough. Yeah, so like I don't know what we did in like 1990, where all V6s just magically started making 200 horsepower. I think it's the same thing I that think happened in 2008. Car. Yeah, where all V6s started making 300 horsepower. Yes, that's true. I think I, I think you're right. Yeah, every single one just started just like went up 100 horsepower. Does that mean in like five years' time, all corporate V6s are going to make 400 horse? Yes, <laughs> oh, they will. Geez. I'm sure of it because they have to right. keep up with EVs. 
Yeah. I yeah. think they'll and just they, kill them off eventually. And, and they will have a, like, 40,000 mile lifespan. No, Toyota's going to figure out a way to make it like everybody, a 2GR. Well, no, I mean, like, everybody else on Earth. Oh, it's yeah. just, just going to be a... It, Lifetime across, fluids. Across the board, it'll be a 40,000 mile lifespan, because you're going to have, like, a 20,000 mile oil change. Really. You'll do two oil changes to be done with the engine. Just put tap yeah. water in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it will be oiled with water. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, the, the wagon is a great thing, and through history there's always been great wagons. Now, I want to talk about something else that's great that's Toyota-related. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about the new best color, on. the best green, at least. It's on a Toyota what? color okay. on the LC500, uh, and it was apparently named by Mercedes because the name is just utterly wrong to what it is. Okay, what's the name? Uh, let's say I'll wait for it to load up on uh, oh, this mine loaded here. And the name is. I loaded something about GTO. That's not the right thing. Oh my god! Come on. I was gonna say this just loaded. It's Nori. About it's called Nori Green Pearl, and it is totally metallic. Like 100 percent metallic paint. Not pearlescent. Not pearlescent. Like the 124. Ah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's pearl, but it's also metallic. But that's probably the best green. Should pearlescent seen. paint jobs come back? Yes. Yes. They're extremely hard to color match, but have you they looked look at that great. car? They look amazing. That car has had a front bumper and fender re- repaint blend in its life, and it looks perfect. So if you click on the Japanese nostalgia car header, it'll show you the color, because it'll just take you to the, fir- the next post. I just Googled it. Yeah, just where it says Japanese nostalgia car, click that. It'll take you to the homepage. Okay. And oh. See. Yeah, Nori Green Pearl. That's the new best color. Yeah, and that, that is... Oh, oh yeah, that's like the late 90s Ford uh, Excursion Green Yeah, it's that a... Dave James painted, or sorry, Dave Malman painted his uh, E36 M3. Yeah, but it's it's better, though. Dude, it looks like, it looks like pesto. Dark. It's not as it dark. It's pesto. Like pesto. Oh, it makes it's me so green. hungry. Mm, I do pesto have pesto. Pesto Green would be such a great name. Yeah, that's called, it's pesto it green. We fixed it like this. It's Oops. pesto green mica. <laughs> Yes. Because <laughs> it's not pearl. No, yep. That is totally... And mica is the element that's used to uh, <sighs> sorry, Mercedes. make reflectivity in... Pa- oh, yeah. That's how you get it to go. You will have to pull the uh, grills off of the grill to get that down in there to light it. The... to own this grill. Mer- uh, yes. Yeah, he but has. you didn't use an electric arc lighter. <laughs> but anyway, so Mercedes obviously named the color. I found it on the road. Mercedes obviously named the color because it's just wrong. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's pesto green mica. It's pesto yeah. green mica. It's the name of the color. Speaking it's of a lovely color. I like greens, it. that's the color, that color skies turn when tornadoes come. Oh, did it what? This is true. Uh, Jan, Jan actually green. wants to talk about tornado yeah. safety. Oh, that's weather, cool. It, let's do it. Isn't isn't the, the sky turns green? When it is I've never it. seen that. It does, actually. I only it, see green it, when it I start burning copper in a fire. No, it doesn't go green, green, but it it, it, it does get a green uh, tint to it. Sure, you know why? Not the northern lights. Also, green would be a hue. A tint is a light version of a hue, and a shade is a dark version of a hue. Well, if it's light reflecting, it is then a hue. A hue. A hue. A hue is a color. A tint and a shade is a variation of a color. So the okay. sky right now would be a. That is a hue of blue. Okay, thank you. All right. Yeah, so it's just like a little bit of green, and that's like what I've always been told. Like, why hey, does it this... turn green? I, I that that's a topic for another day. You can Google it real quick. It's probably oh, like let me just Google or real. Uh, thank you. I need um, your phone to Google quickly. Um, but so like, because I work at a Montessori, we have to practice severe weather. Okay, um, Google. Why does the sky turn green when there is a tornado? It's gonna speak now. 
All right. Anywho, <laughs> because I, I work with little kids, we have to practice fire drills. What does Montessori and, actually mean? I always um, think of dinosaurs. So Montessori is like a style of teaching. Okay. It's, it was invented by Maria Montessori. I'm not an expert on it, oh, but you... um, it's basically independent learning through play is Jana? the best way to describe it. Jana, I've got the answer right here. Okay. <laughs> the reason that the sky turns green before a tornado is because... Naturally, when the sun is low in the sky, you get a, ye- a yellowish reddish mm-hmm. tint, and naturally, when it's high in the sky, it's blue. Yeah. Well, tornadoes yeah. usually have at the they happen at the edge of a storm. Yeah. So you still have a little bit of light coming in from outside the storm, but the only light coming in is low in the sky, and that combines with the natural blue that's coming out of the cl- what's left so it's coming out of the clouds. So it's refracting to make a green. Okay. The more you so, know. So we're only getting the very high energy colors of yes, the storm. Okay. Exactly. So anywho, so we have to practice the drills and we did it very quickly, but you know, a couple weeks ago there was some severe weather and so my director and I were talking about, you know, what we do in tornadoes and she was driving home to like Apple Valley, Golden Valley, so she got stuck in some severe Which weather. is it? Because Apple Valley is very, very southeast. I think it's Golden Apple Valley. Apple Valley is a lot bigger of a pain in the ass to get to from your work than Golden Valley. Let's do Apple, Apple Valley. Valley. Apple Valley. Know. Yeah, I think I think you mentioned she lives near Egan, right? Yeah, that's Something. Apple Valley. Yeah, it's Apple yeah. Valley. Golden um, Valley is like next to well, Burger's well, parents. Yep. Anywho, she lives in a far suburb, and when we were getting... Garbage this, suburb. Golden Valley's not far. Oh, God. It's a first round. Okay, can I keep coming? (laughs) Like, stop. I'm trying to get through the story. It's becoming way longer than it needs to be because you keep stopping me. We don't need to know where my director lives. She lives in the suburb somewhere. That's an excerpt, and it's a terrible one. Please continue. Um, But anywho, so she was driving. I listen to your stories. I know. I'm listening to you, honey. Um, So (laughs) she was driving, and (laughs) her phone went off. To tell her that there was severe weather. Sure. And that I've disabled that on my what, yeah, Was this her, likely when it was already hailing on her car? It was like a branch on top <laughs> of the hood. Yeah. That's when you get the text. Probably. But like because her phone's connected to her car, her car was sure. telling okay. it to her and it was like, You should pull over. And so she asked me, she's like, Jana, you know everything. What should I do? And I was like, Well, back in the nineties they told us to go underneath bridges. Oh my gosh. Ryan just beat that <laughs> microphone like it owed him a lot of money. All right, continue. Um, I'm going to mute his microphone while yeah. he fixes that. And so she was like, what do I do? I was like, well, in the 90s, they told us to hide underneath bridges, but they told us not to do that anymore because it's actually Well, it's more... not necessarily underneath because there, yeah. there's the embutment or whatever on the side where it kind of has that concrete at an yeah. angle. It's my like That's where the bridge deck, it is. Oh, okay. where the bridge deck meets <laughs> yeah. it. And there's kind of, it's like rafters, you know, yeah. they're concrete rafters. So if you can get up between those, then that's actually a pretty safe place to be because there's not any pressure or anything like that. Yeah, but they also Straight don't, um, so I did some research because like, it's kind of important for us Midwesterners to know what to do if we happen across a tornado yeah if we visit like oklahoma or something it's probably gonna tornado on us or i-90 or uh monticello i'd say or anywhere in the i-90 corridor we're just at the tip of tornado valley so um so it's like still important to know just in case you're on a road trip or whatever and so i looked it up and Actually, they say if there's flying debris and you can't get noticeably lower than the road, you should stay in your car. That's true. 
They say that you should keep your seatbelt on, keep the car running, and duck below the windows and cover your head with that your hands. That makes sense, I guess, because the restraint systems will stay active. Yep. And if you're not likely to get glass damage, then yeah, even if it yeah. picks you up and throws you, you might survive even the impact. It's safety glass. Yeah, but it's still not. You wouldn't want it to. Question. Okay, yeah. Ryan. Yes. Let's say you're driving back from Back to the 50s and you're oh. in your 1957 Chevrolet uh, Bel Air uh, fuel. Do you stay in the car? No, no, you, because no. of that horrible you amount of... You take an arson pill. Or you, Arsenic pill? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because at that point, the car is so horrifically unsafe. Scott, what website are you on? <laughs> what the hell just happened? I don't know. I hope Alexa started talking about viruses on your computer. Uh, Scott got a, a virus on something. Um, anywho, but it says you know if if you can see the tornado and it's far away, if you take right angle turns away from. It's true. Oh, tornado? so it's like running away from an alligator. It's yeah. the same. Okay. All right. Yeah. Tornadoes are alligators. Wow. And alligators cannot bite through a car. Okay, but if you can Where get... am I right now? <laughs> so, my informational topic has been completely derailed. Nobody's going to listen to it. No, all right. well, no, 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 they are, because no, this are. Is like, they're like, are, is this really happening? <laughs> well, the so, answer is yes. Yes, it is. No, I, I, I love this topic, because this is actually probably the best advice we've, we've ever given on this. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. We've gotten a lot of really good yeah. advice, especially to Acura last week. So, to summarize, <laughs> Jana. Yes. If you're in a not 1957 Chevrolet Bel Air, let's go Philly, ahead and say 1997 or newer vehicle. Yes. 1995 or newer. Huge side impact standards in 1997. I'm going with 97. All right, yes. 97 or newer vehicle. You Stay should. in it with it running. Yeah. Or the ignition on. With your seatbelt on, yep. cover your head like. Put your hoodie I, on. Remember? Do you remember the? Yeah, you cover the, your neck. Cover the, your neck. The drills in elementary school where you got to lock your fingers over yeah. your neck. Do that with as much covering as you can find. We sure. all have, we're in Minnesota, we all have sweaters in our car somewhere. Sure do. Or so, um, but if if the ground is noticeably lower than the roadway, you want to get out of your car into that area, cover your yeah. head and neck. So, it, like, irrigation ditch is where you want to be. Yeah, be, but you also okay. don't necessarily want to be in ditches, so it's just, they're, like, NOAA. Ditches love tornadoes. Yeah. What's NOAA? National, uh, national. It's it's oceanic, a atmospheric yes. administration. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, and they basically say like just, the weather people. Yeah, national oceanic. If you're not, it's the Ben Stein of the weather. Yeah, if you're not able to find shelter, you're effed. Like you're you're just totally screwed. Basically, my advice is uh, if you're on an interstate or something, just pin it. Use yeah. the bonus lane. Just pin it. Well, they also say not to do that, but, you know, that's probably your best bet. Yeah, don't you know listen what? to me, but, like, I would just drive as fast as I could away from it. Because yeah, tornadoes right generally angles. don't move faster than 100 miles an hour, in, like, in a line. Yeah. Even though the winds do sometimes. Oh, another this, important thing actually, is yes. pull over to the shoulder. Don't just stop in the middle of the road. Because yeah, people like us. Yeah, because yeah, I want the bonus lanes. Yeah. yeah. So that's actually a really good point. So I think if you were in a car that's newer than 1997, pull over, stay in it. If you're in 
an E30 M3. For the love of God, Shit just go it. for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah just, like just you're not gonna down. make it if you're not if you're in anything. And save the car. Than, I mean, really, like if yeah. you if that car dies and you well, don't, to be fair, like, it, just kill yourself. If if you're already at that point, your car has been hailed on and annihilated. That's fine. It's worth it. You can yeah. fix it. Yeah. I think that you real realistically right actually good It'll have a sore. Yeah. It'll be like the Le Mans bugs on those yeah. old Porsche race cars. And yeah. like you can look it up and it, it'll tell you actually what directions to go, but from NOA themselves they say right angles towards the tornado away from it. But if you're like Wait, towards it? You mean away, away from it? From it. Away. Okay. Right angle, you said right angles towards the, tr- t- the tornado away from it. I think she means said. right angles from the tornado from away the from it. From the tornado away, away from, from it. it. So do tornadoes, oh so if you're doing right angle, right turns, the tornado is then turning clockwise. No, you want to take left turns because tornadoes are UPS and they only take right turns. You know what you should do? What? Avoid Kansas. Yep, yeah. that's there you our go. top Yeah, tip. just uh, don't go to Oklahoma <laughs> or Kansas, and if you do, just make sure you've got, like... A full tank of gas. Yeah, fast car, full tank of gas, and or you're driving on a route with a lot of oh, really, really good Oh, you gotta have really those GM shoulders. vans. Oh, no, what we need is a V10 Dodge from 1995. Because yes. that was in Twister, and it survived. Yes, it survived. Even though they went underneath the bridge. Didn't it? I think it survived. No. Uh, the truck? Yeah. Got sucked up into a tornado with Dorothy and... Probably it. survived. It likely did. So there yeah, we go. So we got to get those. There's we we just got to recreate V10 Dodge Ram. Twi- Twister. There you go. Also. Perfect. Perfect. All right, yep, before we get way too digressed, Ryan, last topic. <laughs> yes. Well, we are already way too digressed. I um, know, but that's kind of why people listen to the podcast. Yeah. So that's fine. So our last topic here was actually, <laughs> I had a conversation with Brian Pjanic. You did. I heard. I um, overheard some of that. And this is actually a question he posed to me, and this is going on the podcast immediately because this is a very good question. What is the classiest supercar slash exotic car? Not not the fastest, not the highest performance, but the classiest. You know what I mean by classy. I do. You don't and I actually be, thought of a new answer since you, I answered this for you. You don't need to be luxurious to be classy, but you, the classiest. Oh, no. <laughs> Was that Kleenex? Oops. Anyway, um, my my answer to you, <laughs> I just pushed a Kleenex box over onto a car. Um, my answer to you was a Mercedes SLS Gullwing, but I've thought of a new one, and that is the Porsche Carrera GT. Is that really classier? Yes. See, I've got. Jesus. Oh, that almost <laughs> hit me, Scott. Um, I've got my. I I've actually have two answers. Okay. My first answer, modern. Spiker C8 Laviolette. That's a good one. That the Spiker C8 is very classy. The winner. And um, it has a belt-driven 4.2, so you probably won't litter timing chain parts all over the red carpet. That's true. Um, <laughs> and I say that because <laughs> the Pagani Zonda oh, yeah. is not available in America, readily. It, you're right. Yeah, the, the Wyra is, but not the Zonda. The Zonda's not. And the Zonda's classier than the Wyra. Way classier than the Wyra. Now, note that I'm not saying... Any Bugatti, modern Bugatti. Yeah, no, because they're all owned by people that uh, it's not a classy flex car. in gym mirrors. That's a luxurious car. It's not a classy car. That's that. That is the equivalent of wearing a Gucci tracksuit. Yeah, that it's not classy. It's just expensive. No, it's 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 an Adidas Gucci special edition tracksuit. Yes. Now, my classic option, if you were really, really, really classy, any Ferrari. Bodied by Vignali or Ghia. Okay. Because they are just infinitely classy. 
I don't like those. The grills piss me off. Well, let me get the Gia one. The, grill, one the grills, that's way uglier. It's got a mustache. That thing is disgusting. It literally has a mustache. It, I hate that car. Well, it's a classy car. You're I not, don't you're care. Not I hate it. Person. It's dumb. If I was going to take an old classy car, I would take a Mercedes 6.3. Supercar. Call it good. Supercar. That is a supercar. It was faster than almost anything made when it was released. No, that's just a mega sports sedan. You mean a, a Mercedes 300, 300. SEL 6.3. Or I'm a, not talking the pig. I'm talking a stock, short wheelbase sedan, 300SE, 6.3. What about a 300SL Gullwing? Sure. There you go. I'll give you that one because that one's a two doors. Jana, hmm. what is your pick for like the classiest supercar? Like when you see it, you don't go. Oh, this is a fast supercar. This thing's just like pure class. It just tips you over and stops you in your tracks. So cars like Jaguar E-types are supercars in the era. It can be any supercar. Well, I thought we were talking about not doing modern or older cars. No, no, I, I gave a oh, I, I gave a classic exam, example. It was a okay. Vignali Ferrari. Um, I don't know. I don't really like supercars. Exotic cars aren't my thing. Yeah, but there's there's ones that like you get excited about, like a, yeah. a Fiat 8V Supersonic, like you like. Yeah, um, I don't know. I it depends on the moment. Depends on the moment. Yeah, because like you can totally see that car, but it's not in the right situation, so you're like, uh. Well, that's I'd say like, like classy. So like Monterey Car Week, something that will break everybody's necks, regardless how much money you have. This is the classy, the classiest car. I don't know. That, I I don't have an answer. Okay, no answer from Janum. That's fine. Doesn't That's have fair. to have one. That's I fair. I mean, it, it's a really loaded question. Like I had to ponder it for like twenty seconds in silence before I had any idea what to say. Yeah, yeah. and I, and I'm doing anthropology stuff, so I got distracted. That's fine. Maybe like uh... I'll think about. It. I'll tell you next week. There you go. All right. In that case, let's move on to what we learned. What we learned. I learned. That um, uh. that Scott can actually heave a uh, <laughs> can heave a, a Kleenex off-brand, box off-brand facial tissue box an off-brand facial oh, tissue. Oh no, box. it is actually Kleenex. That you can Scott, tell my mother bought that because it's Scott name brand. Scott can heave a Kleenex box with <laughs> deadly force at Jana's head. <laughs> Janet just tried to uh, grab the Kleenex box in a pincing motion from Scott and ended up uh, twirling it into a corkscrew of doom onto the ground. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, as to what I learned this week, <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Scott, what do, you, what do you think the classiest supercar of all time is? Uh, show up somewhere. I say Z8. It's pretty high up there. Alfa Romeo 8C. I also really like yeah, those are both pretty classy. Ooh, uh, yeah, that's a winner. The 8C, that's I a like good the 8C because it's not that good to drive, apparently. But no, it's, it's just a, it's a beautiful yeah. car, yeah. It's just really classy. I'd take the Z8s, but 8C is rare. 8C. Too bad the Phantom isn't a supercar. It's not a supercar. That's just a luxury Until car. I put a that's manual in one, then it it's will a boat. be. Then I'll turbo it. There's a man in Japan that made a 2JZ1 that's faster. You know, I didn't learn anything this week. <laughs> that's not an answer. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Because we all learn the same thing. Fine. Things. I have no motivation to work on customer cars, even if I've like put a ton of money into them. That's an answer. There you go. Okay. 
cool. Well, thank you I, for listening. Oh, oh, what? I didn't. Oh, I thought you answer. did. I'm sorry. No. Well, I, I, no, I, I was the tornado thing. I thought you were doing that as your thing. The, the corkscrew no. of doom. Oh, the cork's, oh, I, no, yeah. that was okay. Um, well, I don't actually have anything. I was just mad you left me out. Sorry. Tell me something about about anthropology. About uh, a one-liner. Oh, I. There's rumors going on the internet that um, Netflix is going to... <laughs> Sorry, Scott's distracted me by counting me down. Um, Netflix is going ne- to... Netflix is going to do a documentary series on the Maya, which hopefully they don't F up or I'll beat, the, I'll beat them up. It's is best that... to not watch one it second, One second, one second. Is it going to be one of those ones like the Romans yes, and the Tsars like where there's be... an abundance of boobs? Yeah, probably. Oh, my God, I'm so, so excited. So Orange now... is the new Maya. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. No, I, I don't think you understand how many boobs there are between the last Tsar and the Roman Empire, but it's like booby city. It, it it it's a documentary, but like boobs. The the the, the part the boobs documentary. Se- the yes. season on Caligula was like Titty City was great. Yeah. And on that note, on that bombshell, we will catch you guys on Saturday. Bye. Thanks for listening. <laughs>